This is Hitting the Mark, conversations with founders and investors about the intersection of brand clarity and startup success, with your host, brand strategist and author, Fabian Garhalter. With our rebrand, um, this, this, this revolution that we're discussing, you know, we, we incorporated all of our learnings you know, leading up to that. Uh, one of the big thematic ones is that while sustainability is arguably our biggest value proposition, you know, for what we're doing, you know, it's one of the most important things to us, at least from a values perspective. Um, we don't believe that sustainability is necessarily a reason for purchase as much as a reason for loyalty. And so what we did is we we nodded to it with you know our logo. It has an arrow, which is for regrained inside, and also for for upcycling. You know the new tagline is "Eat Up," which is um, has a few layers of meaning, um, you know, including eat, "Eat Upcycled." But there, it's a very vibrant, fun packaging that is really flavor forward and lifestyle forward. This was Dan Kurzrock, who, while brewing beer as a hobby in college, realized that only 10% of the ingredients used to make beer actually end up in a pint of beer. We waste 40% of all edible food, which is mind-blowing. Today he runs Regrained, a company obsessed with upcycling and collaboration. Since I pre-recorded a lot of the recent sessions, you will hear in the intro that this was recorded when LA was in midst of protests and riots. But it made for as good of a morning as any to talk with someone who is making a positive difference. Here's my conversation with Dan. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we talked about this a little bit um, before we hit record, but today's June 1st. Um, we're still in a pandemic, uh, but as of this past weekend, the majority of cities in the US is taken over by rightful, necessary protests, but also by looters and riots, and we see our cities on fire. I had a very, very late night monitoring downtown Long Beach, which is where my office is located, and which has been an epicenter of violence and looting last night. Uh, Chessie, our creative lead, is already out there helping the community in the cleanup. Um, you, Dan, are based in San Francisco, and the company is in Berkeley, and 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 that is another hotspot up in up in San Francisco and Oakland. Um, I was even debating if, given the circumstances, we should postpone our interview, but uh, we both decided early this morning to power through, despite the lack of sleep and the craziness unfolding in front of our eyes. How was your night up up north? Are the regrained plant and offices? Is is everything still intact? Yeah, yeah, no. So, I mean, like like a lot of folks, it's it's very times are troubling in general. Um, you know, physically been you know pretty pretty insulated from this whole thing um, with shelter in place, and um, you know, I actually my my grandma basically lives with us right now, so I've been really careful about going out. Um, but it's very, very troubling. I don't have a lot of words for it. It's still, you know, the situation wasn't, you know, as, as, as this is kind of the culmination of um, a lot of complicated factors, you know, leading up to it. So, oh, absolutely. I hope we're all. I hope we're all taking an opportunity to wake up. Um, yeah. And you know, I hope I hope we can emerge from this in a, in a better place than. It feels like we are right now, but you know, still, still glad to be here with you. It's good to have, uh, you know, good to have distractions and good to <laughs> keep moving the the positive things forward that we can in the world. I always try to focus on, you know, what I what I can control, um, and you know, even within my <laughs> within this business that, um, that that we're building, that that's not doesn't always feel like we can control, you know, everything within uh with within that even so. Um, you know, really, really looking forward to taking some time and, and, and chatting with you about about brand and about purpose and, uh, you know, taking action. 
See, absolutely. And, and that's, why I'm, that's why I'm so glad to have you on uh, today, too, because you crafted a brand that actually creates positive change in this, in this world. And there's always time to talk about that. <laughs> it's, in, 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 it's my personal passion, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing, because I, for one, believe that business as a whole will change fundamentally over the next decades for the better. Um, and, and you guys are part of that change in, in your own small ways, as you said, and, and, and they, can, they can become... Uh, you know, rather big uh, in a snowball effect. So you guys used to brew your own beer, which is a strange beginning to someone who's changing the world. <laughs> so you used to brew your own beer, even underage, I heard. But we're not going to hey, talk you know, about that. Of, uh, yeah, a lot of good, a lot of good ideas start over a beer. Right? It is, you know, it is our, so true. Case. Yeah, in our case. So yeah, just for everyone listening, yeah. So my name is Dan Kurzrock. I'm the the co-founder, CEO of a, a food upcycling company called Regrained. Um, what we do is you know, we, we tackle food waste. Um, so we identify overlooked, undervalued ingredients that are kind of hiding in plain sight. The food system closed the loop um, on those. So we, you know, what we do is, is t primarily right now, we take the grain from the beer brewing process to make beer. You use a lot of malt, you know, which is basically it's like sprouted barley. And you take uh, the sugars from that. You extract them as a, as a liquid. That's what ferments and then becomes beer. You know, it gets boiled and hops are added. And there's other parts of the process there um but as it relates to the barley itself once the sugars have been extracted from it there's still the physical uh, grain it's it's soaking wet but it's got a lot of uh, fiber it's got a lot of protein it's got prebiotics there's a lot of really good stuff in there that currently goes to lower use and so what we've done is built a business around applying this uh this new processing technology we actually have a patent on it we can and we can create a flour or a powder would be a way to think about it that can be incorporated into new food product development. And so what we're doing is, is the solution that helps the food system do more with less. You know, it reduces waste on one end and feeds people on the other end. And through R&D, we actually discovered that our process doesn't just work for the billions of pounds of grain from the beer industry, but can also be used um, to upcycle other, other streams. Like think... Uh, pressings from from juice or the you know leftovers from the milking of almonds or oats and you know there's a lot of um opportunity that is being left off the table and so we've built this business to be a platform to to, to close that loop and we have a consumer brand which i imagine we'll spend some time speaking about here and then there's also a b2b side of what we do where we actually partner with other brands we sell them ingredients uh and we you know, help educate and, you know, activate the, you know, the, the world, the market to reduce waste, which is one of the most pressing solutions to climate change out there. Absolutely. And let's talk about, let's talk about the actual consumer brand um, for a second. So, so, so regrain. So you started, you started coming up with this process and, um, and you applied it, I assume, to a lot of different foods to see, um, uh, you know, no pun intended, but, but what sticks, right? Like where it actually mm -hmm. works the best. And you came up with these bars in the beginning and how, how did this evolve? Like, you know, like, like how did that, how did that start? How did it turn from um, two guys in a, in a, in a, in a kitchen, um, you know, exploring, How, how to utilize uh, what you just realized um, to actually being carried in stores. Yeah, it's like, how do you go from, from idea to, to product, right? So for us, actually, the first thing that we ever made was bread. And so I, would, I was making beer every week as a college student, and I'd have a, a, a grain. There's actually about a pound of grain for every six pack, so if you can visualize it. Um, you know, we were brewing five gallons of beer at a time. It's like a third of a keg, you know, we do like 20 to 30 pounds of grain every time we made a batch of beer. And then I would turn around and take that grain and use it to make loaves of bread and then sell those loaves of bread in order to buy more ingredients to brew more beer. That was really the, the origin of this that, that got us asking the bigger questions. Um, but then realized, okay, there's this huge opportunity here, not just with our own brewing operation, but with all the other breweries, that are out there, this was 2010, 2011, right when the craft beer boom was starting to happen. Mm. Uh, I think it was last year, more than two new breweries on average opened per day wow. in the US, and a lot of them opening in cities. And so we thought, hey, you know, what if we came up with a way to take the, you know, basically take the supply at scale um, and, and do something more with it? And the problem was when we knew we wanted to do ingredients, but we figured 
we couldn't get other companies probably to buy you know our ingredients before we proved that people would buy products that were made with them um and so the bread was great but it takes a long time to make and the shelf life is very short and again might remember we were 20 20 years old at the time <laughs> working in a home kitchen and we ate a lot of a lot of bars and we you know we figured okay well we can you know make these by hand we can cut them into pretty even rectangles we can package them the first packaging was literally Ziploc bags. I was like a <laughs> granola bar dealer. Uh, the second packaging was like hand sealed compostable packaging, you know, and it was just a way to commercialize the idea. I don't think of it as a Trojan horse for, you know, what we were actually trying to, to work towards. So it's you, funny because like the bar, if I could go back, you know, just one more point on that. And I'll tell you about, I'd love to tell you about our other product that we just launched because it was the absolute, you know, opposite way of uh developing a product at the bar with you know we we uh you know we we brought these to the market because we could do it you know pretty pretty quickly and we could generate you know revenue in the in the short term and it, it was something that you know enabled us to actually take action on on our idea and the bars are great, but the bar category, as we later learned is <laughs> highly competitive. And, yeah. you know, we, we didn't know, you know, we've had some success in getting it to, to, um, to stores. We're in about close to 2000 stores now. Um, but we've also now launched a new product, which is this tufted chip, it's like a, um, you know, it's a salty snack. And that product, what we did is actually took a huge step back and applied everything that we knew about, our ingredient and you know, how it could be used and really tried to, I guess, bridge that gap between like, what, what can we do and what should we do? And, you know, developed a product for a need in the market. Whereas the first, you know, line, these, these bars was really just the, the first commercialization of a, of a concept, if that, if that makes sense. It was a proof um, of concept. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally. So, so now, so this is interesting, but it, it sounded to me like the bigger vision has always been to turn regrained into a platform to use your regrained super grain as an ingredient that can be used in all kinds of other products from all kinds of other brands, right? But now, but now you're still pivoting your consumer brand as well. So, so you're doing both parallel right now. Yeah, because so the consumer brand, that, that, that's correct about the big vision. And, and part of that is because, you know, if we were to do even like 100 million in sales with our consumer brand, we'd still only work with a handful of breweries. You know, there's just so much supply that's out there. So to make the impact that we want to make and to, you know, address the, the market opportunity in the most meaningful way possible, you know, we, we have a very clear strategic vision for, you know, for how this thing scales and a lot of really active um partnerships, you know, in, de in development with leading, you know, in some cases, multinational food companies that are in development with us on, on different things. Um, but the consumer brand, you know, is, is something that allows us to not only generate cash in the short term, you know, sales cycles for ingredients are, are very long, but also to test messaging, which gets to your point about the branding. So we continue to evolve our consumer brand because it helps us in real time uh, better understand how the market, you know, responds to uh, this, this new idea of, um, of upcycling, you know, er early on, for example, we put uh, the tagline eat beer on everything. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember now, that. I remember that because I, I did some research on some of the, you know, past interviews uh, with you and, and that was still a thing. Um, and even I think you even even naming wise, not only the tagline, but naming wise, I think you used um, you used beer type names, right? For, for each one of the bars, which was right. most probably confusing because it doesn't taste like beer. It, it, yeah, it actually ended up confusing. <laughs> That's what we learned. It did a really good job though at getting attention um it created this cognitive dissonance that you know kind of made people go what eat, eat beer um and we then could earn the opportunity to explain what we're actually doing we later you know we learned through testing that that while it was catchy and you know made for a great t-shirt um it confused people uh and so we then you know took you know we bought and so we've had a lot of opportunities like that to use our brand as a way to test different approaches um, that we can then pass on as, as learnings, you know, to, to our you know, platforms, uh, platform partners. 
So, so let's talk about this a little bit more because when when we met, um, I, I think it's been, I believe it's been over a year ago. We we tried we tried our best to to, to keep scheduling this, and uh, we finally made it. Yeah. But you, your brand was still in that in that specific weird zone, right? Where it was a little bit rough around the edges, where you tried to get attention to basically do an elevator pitch, right? Rather than rather than do the big consumer push. When did you start actively investing in in branding, and and would you do it earlier or later with your next startup well you know we we did we have always invested a lot of time at least in branding although we were young and relatively inexperienced at first i mean the first labels we made you know ourselves using <laughs> like powerpoint or publisher or something like that <laughs> um you know and then we engage we did engage a uh kind of a serious pretty common actually because because of how young we were when we started so we had you know talented friends and so the first a uh, few versions of the product that, you know, I worked with a, a graphic designer friend who did it, um, you know, just for the sure. portfolio and out of the you know, out of generosity. And then we, when we made the jump from eat beer to this super grain plus, so more of a nutritional, the plus is by the way, I know it's a mouthful, but it, uh, it enables us on the nutrition facts panel to use the plus like you use an uh, asterisk for organic for upcycled. So we can, you say, hey, this is you know these these ingredients are are upcycled. You know, actually on the uh, on the ingredient panel. So there's like oh, a, yeah, nice. a layer yeah. of branding thought that went into that. Um, but it was very that the, the, it was very uh, iterative, I guess, and that each change for you know for several years was uh, was incremental, really. And and what you're referring to now is if you go compared to when we met to what we look like now. I mean, the the whole brand got that was a revolution, more, not a, not an totally. evolution. And that was you know, definitely more of an investment um, in both, you know, time and um, financial, you know, capital to, to do. And we still, I mean, we do everything super lean. Um, you know, I think it's important really, depending on the goals of the company, like what my next company is to your, to your point, you know, if, if there is a next company, um, you know, a lot depends on what the, you know, what the model and the, and the, and the goals are. But I, I, I do really believe that branding is something that's, that's really important because it's the way that you, you know, are able to uh, earn the, earn the opportunity to, to tell everybody about, you know, about what you're, about what you're doing. And so with our, with our rebrand, um, this, this, this revolution that we're discussing, you know, we, we incorporated all of our learnings, you know, leading up to that. Uh, one of the big thematic ones is that while sustainability is arguably our biggest value proposition, you know, for what we're doing, you know, it's one of the most important things to us, at least from a values perspective. Um, we don't believe that sustainability is necessarily a reason for purchase as much as a reason for loyalty. And so what we did is we, we nodded to it with, you know, our logo, it has an arrow, which is for regrained inside and also for, for upcycling, you know, the new tagline is eat up, which is, um, has a few layers of meaning, um, you know, including eat, eat upcycled, but there, it's a very vibrant, fun packaging that is really flavor forward and lifestyle forward. Um, and you know, we also developed a, a logo for upcycling. That's, it is on the front of the pack and it's in the center of the package, but it's at the bottom. You know, and so what we, you know, what we, what we did here is, is try to create a, a brand that would be compelling on its own if there wasn't anything else there, uh, you know, to, to talk about from a sustainability perspective yeah. and then to use that as a, you know, as a hook for um, the, the things that we really believe will, will make people, you know, loyal, um, you know, long, long term around upcycling and, and things like that. So, you know, we put a lot of, we put a lot of thought into it and it's super fun. Um, you know, for those of you who are, who are listening, please go check us out. Uh, you know, re regrain.com would be a good place to, to see the, the branding. It's, um, very different than, than what else is out there. And it's, a, we're, we're proud of it and, um, you know, hope that it, it does earn us that opportunity to, have those meaningful conversations with, with consumers about, you know, about impact and about the choices that we all make every day and, you know, what those can, can net for, for society and the planet. 
And it's really nice to have seen that change um, over over the last uh, over the last year. I wonder, as, as a consumer who um, who might have been loyal to Regrain the bars, and now they see this huge shift in 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 what 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 the company you know how the company looks, right? Like what the com- how, how the how the brand voice has evolved, how how the product is suddenly a very different product. Um, do you are you keeping keeping taps on your on your consumers that you had for a couple of years, and did, are they are they evolving with you? What is what is your feedback? I'm always curious about that when a when a brand pivots so much like yours like yours has. Yeah, I mean, we were still early enough in our journey that um, you know our loyal group of consumers they've definitely stayed stayed with us, and if anything, we've we've widened the tent and made what we're doing more appealing to to more people. I also think it's worth talking about that one of the reasons why we did such a like I'd always wanted to do this radical rebrand, not always, but you know, it had been something that, you know, I realized that every time we were doing packaging stuff, we were just kind of making incremental changes. Um, and it's scary to make a huge overhaul like we did. And in our case, we, it was triggered or catalyzed, you know, depending on how you, how you look at it by a need to reintroduce the product because we actually had a failure. Um, we, we were commercializing a compostable package. So plastic packaging, let's say we could have a whole podcast episode about this. It's a huge issue, single, single use, it's mm-hmm. petroleum based land, landfill bound, non-recyclable because it's multiple layers of multiple materials that can't be separated. And, you know, if they could be, most of them are recyclable anyways. Um, and so we were trying to do something, you know, from the beginning, we, we were using planet friendly, planet friendly packaging, which for flexible films, compostable is the best way to go. But our product was actually going stale in the distribution trucks before it even got to the oh, store. Wow. Oh, wow. And so we were, you know, we basically had to do a, it's called a voluntary product pull. We don't use the, uh, the R word, you know, recall <laughs> you know, because it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a recall. Um, but it was, it was a huge challenge. Um, and we, be- we believed that we needed to reintroduce the, you know, the product as well, because there are people that didn't have, you know, they didn't have an unsafe experience, um, but they didn't, have, you know, they got a, they had a bad experience yeah. potentially because of, you know, obviously we were just trying to do the right thing, right? We made a values-based totally, choice to totally. um, try and do that. But we also realized, we ultimately realized we were trying to do too much at the, at the, at the same time. We kind of had to slow down the speed up. Again, that could be its own, its own podcast, but that was, that's another, I, it's relevant to the branding discussion because there was this, uh, it, you know, it definitely helped us feel more comfortable making such a big jump because we also wanted to reintroduce the product. Absolutely, and it's and it's a huge um, it's a huge uh, part of a lot of rebrands, and and I actually prefer if a client comes to me for a rebrand when they have a huge change, right? May it be a huge change in direction of the company, a huge change in 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 the product, um, a pivot, and or, or may there have been you know something negative happening, and, and they want to change that um, rather than saying, hey, we want a new logo, you know, because we look stale. <laughs> you know, I'd rather have the product go stale right. and you pivot, right? Than 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 only the visual, you know, the visual change, because, you know, I mean, it needs to have, there needs to be a bigger message behind a rebrand so that the consumer feels like there is something changing and I can feel it, I can read it, I can sense it rather than just, oh, I'm confused. Why is it suddenly looking so different, right? Um, I'm I'm sure that that your brand story and and what you're doing as a company is uh, affecting your company culture and you know if I may call it HR because I know there are people actually working you know like that, that, I mean this is not happening out of nowhere when you're actually producing a product right. um, does it make it easier to hire people um, if they understand how you reduce waste is that a big is that a big magnet for you especially in San Francisco right where you know hiring is difficult um, even though you're not necessarily a tech company so you're hiring very different kind of people but is that is it does that become a big a big magnet for the, for the company? Yeah, it always it always has been um, both for talent and also for for press. If I'm being honest, you know the fact that what we're doing is is different in so many ways, and it's got this this cool hook that everyone can can feel good about. And I think the most important thing of it is that our 
our mission is very understandable and, and approachable. You know, no one is in favor of food waste, right? No one, and, and also, you know, even just look at our beer angle, right? Like we, beer is one of the world's oldest beverages. It's one of the most popular in the world. It's consumed in massive quantities <laughs> everywhere, right? And a lot of people don't think about the fact that beer is an agricultural product, that it uses a lot of grain to, to produce it. And it's, it's uh, something that's really, I guess, quick and easy to educate someone like, oh, you know, beer? Oh, do you know beer only has four ingredients? Oh, do you know that, you know, the biggest ingredient used by, um, by, by, by volume is the, the grain and that only the sugars from that grain ends up in the beer? Well, we take everything that's, that's left and we, we put it to best use. You know, we create really innovative ingredients and, and products. And, um, you know, we're trying to do this thing that, that is really easy to get behind, I think. And, and I'm very, um, I mean, that's, that's part of what energizes me, too. It's like I know that what we're working on is real. I know that it's a good idea. It's, it's fundamentally such a simple idea that it is um, pretty universally attractive, I think. And, I just, of course, hope that we can we can pull it off and bringing in the right people is is the way to the way to do that um, because you know that's <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah and I guess the next the next the next question would be um, why are you located in San Francisco? <laughs> oh, I'm from here. I, I, I'm from here. <laughs> that, that's how easy it uh, is, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it happens to be a great place for. Um, you know, startups and innovation, but not so much for food. <laughs> you know, food right. is a very exactly. low, low margin business. It's a very expensive place to live. No, it's not like I moved here to start this. I'm just this is this is my hometown. This is my my community. Um, Makes a lot of my, sense. My co-founder. Yeah, so that's that's why we're here. And and I'm I'm super interested uh, seeing how um, how after this after this pandemic um, it, there there has been this talk about Silicon Valley and uh, and and San Francisco. Now that everyone can work from home, how this is going to change the city because people start to actually leave because they have amazing amazingly paid salaries and they might just buy a ranch in uh, in Montana and uh, and happily work for Google. So I'm I'm super interested to see how that's going to change San Francisco. <laughs> the whole landscape it's a it's totally yeah, off topic maybe, but maybe, it's very interesting maybe it'll make it maybe it'll make it a you know affordable to possibly yeah i mean <laughs> you know, that, buy, that, buy a home here someday we'll, we'll, we'll see how, um, how about that yeah. yeah you you stay behind and you and you and you should be the role model for that <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, I don't know you know you know what you, what you just said before um you know we talked a little bit about uh you know your 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 mission which is deeply no pun uh ingrained in, in in your company and you don't have to write out your mission you don't have to write out your vision you don't need to say here are our core values because everything is, is yeah. so well we do that deeply. anyway because it's good it's good exercise but yeah, yeah, I get your point. Good, and I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that that you still do that. But it, but it is it is it is fantastic because it is so it, it is so much part of, of what you're actually offering. Um, there there are two numbers that I want to um uh, voice to to our listeners because I I think it's so amazing. In your TEDx talk, you said that we humans waste forty percent of all edible food. And that to me is just mind blowing, right? Um, that 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 only sixty percent of of what we eat actually goes into the human body, and forty percent goes somewhere else. And the other the other um, stat, if I want to call that, is um, and I heard that somewhere else, uh, and I think it was you who said that too, that only ten percent of the ingredients used in the beer making process actually end up in any pint of beer. Um, I hope I didn't misquote you on both of those, um, but that is amazing. Yeah, it's, uh, and, you know, all these uh, statistics are, you know, they're uh, obviously docu you know, documented, but they're also, I think they're most useful when they're seen as, as like, you know, heuristics and as a, a way to think about, um, you know, the issue in a more macro sense. So with food waste, you know, Re Refed is one of the best resources to, to look this up, R-E-F-E-D. Um, they did a massive economic and, um, environmental quantification of the food waste problem. And that's where that, that 40% uh, statistic comes from. What's kind of crazy about 
that is not only the fact that it's like leaving the grocery store with five bags and dropping two in the parking lot on the way to your car, right? It's that that measure actually underestimates the total opportunity um, you know, as it relates to, to upcycling because there's a definite, just like with anything uh, that is measured, there has to be a definition, right? Parameters for, for what is being measured as food waste and food loss. And what upcycling is doing is we're, we're challenging that, that very definition by saying, okay, so what, you know, if we're counting, you know, wheat that's grown in the field, you know, why are we not counting barley that's just because it's already been used to brew mm-hmm. beer? You know, there's still nutrition that is, that is there. It just requires some innovations and in processing and also, you know, uh, on the culinary product, product development side too. And so, um, we actually co-founded an organization called the Upcycled Food Association. Yeah, it's a nonprofit dedicated to the upcycling piece of the, you know, of the food waste, um, you know, the food waste movement. And food waste, you know, I hinted at this earlier. Is so. There's another great report that has come out called Project Drawdown, um, and it's a solution-focused, um, you know, report that's basically takes a look at all the different potential solutions to achieve um, you know, and, and a drawdown of CO2 in the atmosphere and, you know, reduce, um, you know, not just mitigate, but actually reverse the uh, climate change and its effects. And it ranks these solutions in terms of what's most, uh, you know, effective and, and pressing. And food waste is, is right at the top of the list, along with, you know, when you combine it with, you know, having a more plant-based diet, it's, it's it's not only one of the most impactful solutions against climate change, but it's also something that is in our direct control as consumers, right? Like we not 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 all of it, of course. There's you know, systemic you know, issues that, that drive a lot of these things. But one thing that we all do universally as humans every day, right, is we we eat um, and we make choices about what we eat and how how we eat it, and um, you know that's 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 something that we really try to champion you know at rebrand is, is is bringing a you know another kind of level of, of consciousness to to those choices and, and to the impact that we can make um you know with them and so that's you know that's that's part of what we're we do and the, and the thing is though you know when you're trying to communicate when you're trying to educate the world not all this stuff is going to fit on a package right and it's also hard to visualize, you know, what, so what does 40% of all food look like? Like how, you know, what, what does that mean? 10% of the ingredients used to brew end up in beer. And so we also, you know, we've worked at communicating this using other, uh, you know, uh, heuristics, if you will. So for like, for example, to produce one six pack of beer, it takes the, the just the grain and it takes the equivalent of over 300 gallons of water. Which is about a two, which is about a two-hour shower. Yeah, mind blowing for one six one six pack, right? And that and that grain is just being used today for its for its sugars. And so, what we do by by sharing things, like I was trying to say, okay, well, isn't it common sense that we should try and rescue that, you know, what, what's left from going to to lower uses and put it to its best use, you know, at the top of the food recovery hierarchy and and feed people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, and, and, and this brings me back to the idea of the platform. So how, how did, are you you're basically running two companies in parallel plus a nonprofit, right? Well, <laughs> they, <laughs> unless that overwhelms you. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, to be clear, I'm on, you know, we're, we co-founded the nonprofit. I, you know, I'm on the, the board. Um, I'm not, there's a CEO for that. You know, I'm not okay. running the, the Upcycle Food Association. Um, but the, and then Regrain as a platform, yeah, I mean, you could argue that it's it's two, maybe three companies in one, but the strategy is so integrated that it doesn't, it doesn't feel that way. It's everything that we're doing affects the whole platform, not just, but I, but I get what you're saying. I mean, it's hard enough to start a, a consumer packaged goods brand, right? It's hard right. enough to, try and start an ingredient company or to develop 
processing technology. And you know, the way that we've been able to, to do a lot of that is also through strategic partnerships pretty, you know, pretty early on. You know, we've worked with the USDA to develop our technology, for example. We've got a really cool group um, over there that's, that's focused on um, healthy, healthy processed foods. And, and there's a whole story in, in there about how we, well, we met, met up with USDA and, and the work that we did together. And that, that's how, the reason why we have technology is because of that, you know, product of that relationship, um, not because we're PhDs, you know, because we, we work with, with, with uh, experts. Um, and so, yeah, we're really trying to do a lot, but it's all very, it's both complicated and simple. At the same right, time, right? No, totally. Really what we're trying to do is <laughs> do more. We're trying to do more with less. We're trying to help run a system. Food systems does more with less. You know, our mission statement, you brought that up earlier, is to um, better align the food we eat with the planet we love. Mm-hmm. And, and everything really fits under that, um, yeah, that, that call to action. And and that is uh, first of all that's that's a great that's a great statement and yes it, it it totally connects the brands right so so the problem if you if you would run three different brands that do slightly different things then it becomes problematic but if if all three brands are perfectly aligned around the same vision and maybe not the same vision but the well the, the overarching vision for sure um, but but the underlying mission um, then suddenly everything is much more connected and easier and easier to run because there's no confusion uh, if anyone sees any of the other you know um, brands or or companies that you're that you're running um looking back to on 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 regrain as the consumer product what was that one big breakthrough moment um where you felt like okay now we're actually a, we're actually a brand like now we actually you know did it like we're 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 in i don't know which store you would have been in in the beginning made be a whole foods or wherever it was like was there a moment when that you remember where you just sat back with your with your co-founder and you're like I think that's it. I, th- I think we're we're actually making it into a real brand right now. You know, I can't pinpoint one moment like that. I mean, we've been, I've been, it's just been almost 10 years since it first entered my brain, right? That we've been building this thing. And, you know, a lot of times it feels like we've gone through periods where it feels like we're taking two steps forward, one step back. There's periods where it feels like we're taking one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. You know, there's periods where it feels like we're taking one step forward and one step back and just staying in the same place. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's, uh, it's a, that's a tough one. Um, I think most recently, though, it's the, the launch of this puffed product because uh, we actually launched it in March, right? When the pandemic was, or at least the lockdowns from the pandemic were starting oh, wow. to take hold, which affected retailers, right? We're still not on the shelves of any stores because they're all still focused on keeping up and not putting new products on the on the shelf. You know, that'll come later in the year, hopefully. And so we had to pivot to direct-to-consumer channels. I was super nervous. We'd be sitting on a warehouse of products that we couldn't wow. sell because yeah. our retail entries were going to be delayed. And instead, we sold through two production runs. Um, you know, in a very short amount of time and I've seen really exciting growth on that. And, you know, part of that, um, experience is, you know, a huge part of that experience has been enormously stressful on, on a lot of, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but it's also been a great, you know, Hey, like we're, we're doing something here. Like something's working, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're creating a product that people want. Um, and that, and that feels good. And and if you can point to one thing that made that work, I mean, obviously that's a huge struggle, right? You, you you thought you had your sales channel all figured out. You have the product, you know, lying, you know, like ready to be ready to be basically uh, shipped. And suddenly you have to suddenly everything goes online. Everything, you know, you're turning into an e-commerce brand. You know, you're you need to you need to unload this product quickly and make people aware of the product at the same time. Um, how what what made it work? Like how how do you how do you how do you how did you do that well i think it's about building for resiliency from the beginning and so even though e-commerce wasn't our biggest channel we had the infrastructure for e-commerce in place and and by and and not just e-commerce but direct to consumer channels like one of our best partners is a company called imperfect foods they do grocery delivery um, also very mission aligned, incredible company for anyone listening, imperfect foods, go, go look them up. They deliver nationally. Cool. Um, yeah. and we, 
we're able to just put more emphasis on you know these um, channels that were already that, that already existed as opposed to you know having the, the world fall apart and saying oh no crap you know gotta gotta build a website that can take orders now <laughs> gotta find a you know a marketing partner gotta right so it's um, yeah. I think the cho- the choice is is actually has to happen really early on where you say hey like how do how do I build a resilient business? And part of that, you know, a big part of that is having diversified revenue streams. Um, you know, another way that this, uh, that we thought about this relatively earlier on is like food, the food service channel was something that, um, and especially like being in the Bay area, being able to sell products to tech companies that, you know, stock their break rooms, mm-hmm. with, you know, snacks, um, it's an incredible sales channel, a great way to diversify against retail. Guess what? Right now, doesn't exist. May as well not exist, right? And so, if we were if we were over indexed as a business towards those channels, you know, that would we would that would be also very you know. So it's uh, and we we try to set up you know these diversified revenue streams from the beginning, um, and so I think that is what enabled us to respond. Um, I, I, know, I wouldn't say proactively, right? Because it was still catalyzed by this you yeah, know, outside yeah. force. But um, you know, we were able to to respond with with resilience, um, and that even hits our. You know, I don't know if we'll have time to get into this, but like our capital strategy as well has, has followed a similar philosophy. Well, I think I think it's the it's 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 the age old wisdom that that I myself actually did 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 not know when I started my company and I failed miserably uh, because of that too is not to put all eggs into a basket, right? I mean, we had we had one very very large client um, and we moved very very quickly forward with that client. I grew I grew uh, tremendously the company, um, and then uh, and then you know something happened and the client left, right? Um, uh, you know there was a dispute. There was you know someone that I fired uh, that they hired and it was really ugly and uh, suddenly that client was gone and so it's like this lesson that I think all of us learn you know in the first years of our business um, for me sadly it was in my first decade of my business um, to, to, to diversify to make sure that what you offer that you offer it in very different ways to, to in, in, different, in different channels to make sure if anything happens you can, you can pivot another channel so it's it's a big it's a it's I'm sorry, a big I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that uh, you went through that, but I'm sure it helped. Uh, oh, totally. You get to where you are. Oh, yeah. and that's how it works right that's how it always works um, uh, in, in, in business you have to like you said it's the two steps back <laughs> you know um, uh, that was definitely mm-hmm. 10 steps back at some point um, which was really exciting and the pivot and, and I'm in such a such a good place now because of that um, we're, we're coming slowly to an end um, a couple couple of more uh, questions that that I do have on my mind the, the, the first one um, I always believe that it's important for a company to understand what their DNA is. And and when I work with, with my clients, I try to define it more and more and more so that at the, at the end of our session, and that's sometimes a full day session, um, that we can actually describe the entire brand in a single word. Um, so, you know, like like Everlane, for instance, is all about transparency, right? Um, you know, Sappos might all be about service, right? But it's like, it's it's if an, if an entire company can just focus on this one uh Word that that they themselves feel like they can own within their within their own space. Um, what would it be for for regrained and and the conglomerate of companies <laughs> of regrained? <laughs> what could be one word that yeah. describe the brand? It's kind of one, two words, but it's the same word twice. Uh, you know, one thing that comes to mind is just is is win win. Um, you know, what we're hmm. doing is creating solutions that. Solve for multiple things at the at the same at the same time, um, and you know create shared value. Um, yeah, what I almost said was just was was upcycling, <laughs> but yeah. um, that's you know a little too I think on the nose for the for the question. And upcycling requires you know some education. <laughs> like that. I, 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 rec- I, I recognize that. So. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, that's I don't know. That's just off the cuff, off the cuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, uh, that's my question. Yeah, I, I like that, um, especially because you know I've done this show for for a while now. Um, you know, I'm up to like 50 guests or so, and there are a lot of words that keep coming up, right? Um, you know, rightfully so, like empathy or you know, um, you know, you know, things like that. And and win win is a is 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 a first, even though um, a lot of companies do um, you know, similar 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 um on endeavors like 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 yours is where it is for the greater good and there's definitely more people winning than uh, than than only one um lastly what is what is exciting you the most about the future of regrained like what are some things that you're 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 doing right now that uh, that you can talk about that that really get you excited yeah i so there's a, a lot of really exciting things fortunately um you know, the, one of the, the phrases that's been said a lot right now with everything that's that's going on, I think it has its roots in politics. I don't know who, who said it first. It's definitely overset right now. But there's this idea of like never wasting a good crisis, right? Mm -hmm. And um, as a food system, this pandemic, I think, uh, has been a wake up call in a lot of ways. And it's also created some some fundamental shifts in buying behavior and. I really believe that it creates this opportunity for um, us to decide together, you know, how to emerge uh, stronger from this whole thing. I think upcycling and, and food waste is, you know, can be is really high on the on the list of um, uh, concepts that that um, you know, should take on. I mean, because in a lot of ways, this this whole thing it's been a super acute shock to the system, right? And it's also kind of a dress rehearsal for some of the impacts of, of climate change, like disruptions and supply chain and, um, and, uh, and so on. Um, and so I'm really excited by some of the, the work that we're doing with, with our partners and the products that we're developing. One of them is going to hit the market later this year. Um, that, you know, is a kind of powered by regrand concept and, you know, very, very excited for those things to, um, for the, those things to the market. The other thing that I'm really excited about is as the Upcycle Food Association right now, we just released the, um, the first official definition of food upcycling. Oh, great. Or edible upcycling, as we call it, as, as we grant. And the next step that I, I'm just so pumped about is a process for defining standards against which to certify fantastic products as as upcycled and um that type of well it's a branding exercise too right and, yeah. and it's a way of communicating value to the market i, I think that there's uh press to pull this this thing off in the way that we want to that this is a really important um milestone and uh, support and you know that, that's going to happen um this year too and i'm, I'm very uh very much excited about that. That is amazing. And that actually ties in nicely into, into my last question where, you know, it's like, you know, people can go to, to regrain.com, I assume, right? That's where they can find you. That's where can, they can, um, you know, uh, look at look at your products, read your story, um, learn more about upcycling, et cetera, et cetera. But yep. what, are, what are some ways that you feel um, people could upcycle more in 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 their own lives uh when it when it relates to um to, to food but maybe you know overall like you know you i think what you said was really poignant i think it was really important um and i do think that there's going to be a huge shift now and uh you are kind of um at the at the forefront of all of this besides you know your your product what are what are other ways that that people can easily start shifting their mindset yeah and we, and we were just to be clear we also like really hope that our products are actually just a way to get people's attention to get them to also like start asking those questions themselves. And so the fact that you got there, you know, it's, um, you know, with this question is, 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 is great. Um, you know, we, uh, we actually on our website, we have a blog called the upcyclist and on it, there's, um, you know, there's some recipes and things like that. You know, one of, uh, the things that I've been saying a lot recently is that I really feel that this, this new, environment for food consumption that we're in, you know, with, with shelter in place and with more people ordering online and eating, eating in and things like that. Is a, it's actually a really good opportunity for people to waste less food at mm -hmm. home. Yeah. Um, and to look at, cause it's, a, it's a pain to go to the grocery store right now. Yeah. And it's also a risk, right? Um, 
you know, and there's the perception of the risk versus the actual risk and ways to mitigate it and things like that too. But you know, the the, the net is that you want to go to the store less, <laughs> right? Now. Right, exactly. Um, and so, how do you so how do you how do you stretch things, you know, longer? And it's a lot of it's a lot of ancient wisdom. These aren't new ideas. You know, it's like okay, if you got a you know the, the whole chicken and you you know you roast it, you know you have roasted chicken one night and then maybe the next night you use the chicken soup, you know the leftovers to make you know soup would be the third the third thing. The second oh. thing could be like tacos <laughs> or you know an enchilada or something and then, yeah. then soup, right? So it's like how how do you do them you know do the most with with what you have when you're um, trimming vegetables and things like that for you know stir fries or or whatever you know can you save the scraps and make you know also you can make stock or you know there's there's different way lots of little tips and tricks that you can do uh, at home one of the one of the, my favorite tips for wasting less food at home is just it's actually simply just a uh, two two organizational points one is meal plan. Again, if you want to go to the store less, it's helpful anyways. Like plan out your meals. You're less likely to to waste when you when you have a plan. Um, you know, have a plan to stick with it. But two, like plans change, right? And so in the fridge, if you could just have one drawer that is like a use first drawer and for things that are starting to go bad, put them in that drawer. And then you know when you get there, um, and, and instead of saying, Hey, what do I want for dinner? The question is like, what do I have for dinner? Hmm. What, what can I make with what I have? And just kind of like little shifts like that can have a really big impact. And food waste, close to half of the, the problem actually happens at home. So if we want to take action on, on food waste, it's not just about, you know, eating upcycled and, um, you know, facilitating food donations and things like that. It's also like, hey, let's let's be smarter and more efficient with our own uh, purchasing and, and consumption. Let's get creative. It's fun. It's food, you know? Totally. It's, it's, totally. It's delicious. It's and a, I mean, yeah. you know, you know what you just said, I mean, it's, it's, you know, and it, a lot of people right now, I mean, we're, we're moving from the pandemic, uh, I guess, via riots uh, now into a depression. I mean, you know, yay, all us, right. But, but we're, we're in a place right now where there is, is, is a ginormous amount of, 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 of Americans at least that are, that are, you know, deep in poverty Or that are suddenly they suddenly have to be extremely frugal. So on the one hand, you know that that is that that is definitely something that they that, that they are now forced to do. And on the other hand, all of us should wake up that that. And and I think like what you said is ex exactly true, right? People are waking up now because they don't want to go out more, and they start seeing, oh my god, how much do we actually waste? And a lot of people hoard it, right? So they've got a full fridge for like a family of ten, but they're only two people living in an apartment, and you know, and now they oh, figure, yeah. well, you know, the other, yeah, that's the other <laughs> side of it, right? It's like, okay, so hey, how do we also not waste more you know, right. in, the, in this? And I've got all kinds of plastic concerns and things like, you know, and things like that. And, um, but yeah, well, no, I, I just hope, I, I hope we do, you know, take the opportunity to, to emerge stronger from this. And a lot of this is just common sense, right? Like vegetables are also cheaper than, than meat and wasting less food, waste less money. Right. And so it's, it's just like, there are, there is alignment here between what's, good for people and what's good for the planet and yeah. um you know i hope that we um you know really lean into that well slowly waking up it takes a lot i guess for all of us to wake up but <laughs> here, here we are one step at a time um dan thank you so much for your time um to talk about uh regrain to talk about you know the platform that you're building the nonprofit that you that you um uh, are building um about upcycling altogether, um and about your entrepreneurial journey i think it was uh inspirational on many more levels than uh than, than just the brand story so um we really appreciate you taking the time on a on a crazy monday morning yeah no my my pleasure Bob, man. thanks for having me thanks for having me on it was an energizing conversation absolutely thanks for being here i appreciate it we talk soon then all right take care we went well beyond the brand in this conversation and i feel we can all take a lot away from it Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do share, rate, and review the podcast. If you can, please show your support via patreon.com slash hitting the mark. So we can make this podcast 100% community enabled and sponsor free. And there are plenty of perks awaiting you. So do go check it out. I want to take this opportunity to thank Marfa Christina Garza for joining the Hitting the Mark Golden Brand Circle and Clayton for jumping on board the Creative Entrepreneurship Circle. I'm looking forward to mentoring both of you in the months to come. 
The Hitting the Mark theme music was written and produced by Happiness One. I will see you next time when we once again will be hitting the mark.